0: Welcome,
1: Business Geeks, to the Business Geeks Podcast. I'm Super Joe Pardo, joined by my awesome two co-hosts here, Jennifer Crawford from Sparent.co and Samantha Riley from SamanthaRiley.global. It is an absolute pleasure to be here with you today. We are streaming on several different platforms looks like including Twitter. Sam, are you streaming on Twitter as well? Yep. Yep. I'm streaming to to my Super Joe Pardo YouTube channel, the Super Joe Pardo Facebook page, the Business Geeks podcast page as well. We have uh, quite a few different places. What is up, Tim? Uh, Good to see you in the comments today. Jennifer, how are you feeling today?
0: Well, I'm so glad you asked. I am feeling pretty good i am looking forward to next week which is thanksgiving i get to see some family i haven't seen in a tremendously long time thank you once again pandemic and yeah so you know it's just it's the chaos before the calm you know we're just like trying to do the laundry and pack and get stuff situated for the for the dog and you know it's all good it'll all get done but Yes, yeah, so that's how I am. I'm trying to wrap up work because I'm going to be off for a week, and woo! Yeah, Hi. I'm excited. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. Yeah.
1: Always, that's so always ding for a vacation, vacation, yeah, right? Absolutely,
2: <laughs> yeah. absolutely.
1: Yeah, yeah. Love it, Sam. How are things down in Australia? How are you feeling today?
2: Oh my goodness, my tech issues this week, I am over them, however, I'm here, which it was for a little moment, my hands are still sweaty, for a little moment, I didn't think I was going to be, so Aww. actually, let's turn that around, it's a win, I am here, we got to Friday morning with tech issues all week, but we made it happen on the last day of the week. Love
1: it, love yeah. it, love it, love it, love Yeah.
2: It. Hashtag winning. I hope this is, this is a win Pardo? sign, right? This is a win sign. Like, really? I was hoping symbol. it was not some sort of like than- old loser kind of <laughs> sign. That's exactly what I was thinking, Joe. <laughs> is there a loser sign that I don't know about? No, it's, not, it's, I, I meant thinking. it as a winning sign. It's
0: a winning sign, but, <laughs> I'm, I, you know, in the climate that we're in, I'm just afraid I like accidentally like threw some <laughs> inappropriate like signaling oh. out there.
1: Uh, yeah, you. no. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, not, hopefully not. Hopefully not. It was not intended. Not. not intended. Not intended here. Not, not
0: at all.
1: So there was a couple things that came up this week, and I thought we could uh, kind of shine a light on our opinions, our takes as business owners, business geeks if you will, on them. Uh, oh, and you, uh, Sam, you asked how I I didn't mean to skip over that. I'm I was
2: going to wait till you finish that <laughs> sentence. And then it's like, hang on a minute, we need to loop back. I've got an open loop in my head. How are you, Joe?
1: <laughs> I am wonderful. The, today, we I celebrated one year of doing my reaction videos, taking YouTube seriously.
2: Uh, give yourself a ding because I can't oh, do thank it. thank you. <laughs>
1: yeah. It's been an incredible year. I had an amazing live stream. Uh, we had many, many people show up for that. I got to go over all this, the analytics and like all the trials and tribulations. And that's going to get to one of the topics that we're going to talk about a little bit later, which I think we kind of talked about before from a re- business review standpoint, like way back, like probably episode like two mm, or three I or four. I think it was like, yeah, I
2: think it was, it like was like early. It was First actual episode. Yeah. Oh,
1: maybe. Yeah, it might have been. It <laughs> very well might have been. But I, I wanted to, to maybe revisit that now that I've, I've had a different level of experience. I wanted to get your intake on uh, in, input on that as well, but first the Evergrande issue. So we're not gonna uh, not gonna get into the whole business or geopolitical blah blah blahs. But there's a really interesting thing that's been happening, and people had speculated this for a while. So I wanted to get both of your input on this. So the Evergrande founder, if you don't know Evergrande, is the largest real estate development company in china it's responsible for a third of their real estate in china yeah. and they've had super issues amounting up 300 billion dollars in debt and they have bond payments that they are routinely missing and then going right up to the edge of the 30-day grace period and making the payments up which no one really had any solid answers or reporting on how they're making these payments but Now it's come out that the Evergrande founder has been selling off his luxury assets to pay for his company's $300 billion in debt. And I wanted to get your thoughts, both of your thoughts, on this idea of, you know, the ship is going down. It's sinking, right? And they might be able to bail it out. And I'm I'm God willing, they will because a lot (laughs) of people are going to pay the price if they don't, not just in China, literally around the world. And anyone who thinks otherwise is, is got their head up their butt. They're not thinking straight. So mm-hmm. the idea that you have this huge company and you have the ability – because the the founder is not like some multi, multi, multi billionaire, right? Like he's not like almost a trillionaire or something where you just be like, oh, I'll just sell off a whole bunch of stuff and just sell and fix it. But in the short term, he's selling off mansions. He sold all three mansions worth a $100 million each. I think two or three yachts. No, two or three jets, and then uh, he—I think, yeah, two or three jets—and then he also sold like a sixty-meter yacht, which I don't know what converts to feet in that sense, but it's probably pretty darn big. As I know, feet and meters are (laughs) not—they're not equal, you know. So, Sam, your company's going—it's going uh, upside down. It's going—you know—taking on water. Are you selling your assets, your luxury assets, to pay down these debts?
2: Now, obviously, I'm going. Gonna, I don't actually know a lot about this company. So I do want to say that right up. I only know it f- sort of from the peripherals. So it's really hard to say because what's actually happening behind the scenes? Because, you know, is it, you know, when you look at the projections or when you look at, at the figures, are those numbers going up? Like, if you're selling them off because you know the numbers are heading in the right direction, then that's okay. But if you have no plan and the numbers don't look like they're tracking in that way, then I don't know how it's going to work. But also, three hundred billion dollars in debt—how many one hundred million dollar mansions do you have? Like those numbers don't stack up.
1: Well, he, the money's not do all at once. The three hundred billion is the you know oh, it's the spectacle total amount. Number. It's I get the that. total amount, but, but there's but a rolling how, how bond there? payments, and those bond payments usually are around a. To 150 million a piece, like at a time on the mm-hmm. due dates. So yeah, so it it might just be extending the, you know, the inevitable. I'm hopeful that it's not, but if you're in that situation, or you know, Jen, if you're in that situation, are you selling those things to keep the ship running? They are it's selling awesome. parts of other parts of the yeah. company too. It's not yeah. just his assets.
0: I'm torn on this a little bit, only in the sense that. I think he does have an obligation to some degree, you know, he's the captain of this ship that is thinking, And so he has got to take responsibility for its failures, those failures resulting in this incredible, insurmountable, <laughs> seemingly insurmountable debt. But I'm wondering if he's, you know, if he's being compelled to sell off his assets, like, I don't know what it's like in China. I'm thinking of like, if you go to bankruptcy court, you know, you are compelled to satisfy some of your debts, depending on what kind of bankruptcy you file. So I'm wondering if the Chinese government is compelling him to liquidate, li- liquidate in order to offset this debt. I'm sure he's not doing it out of the kindness of his heart, but I think all of <laughs> us are really sick of these. Corporate executives running businesses into the ground, costing taxpayers money, costing jobs, and then walking away like what they call it, Joe, the golden parachute. They walk away and they're still rich and they go and live happily ever after with their, you know, the destruction in their wake Mm, to get mm -hmm. that deep in debt. I mean, it's the real estate and I can see how it could happen because these are very large assets. So your debt, when something's not going right, is going to be larger by scale. But it's still that money represents a lot of people's lives, not just those assets, mm-hmm. but a lot of jobs. And I imagine if they fail, um, it is going to have a tremendous domino effect in the economy. So there's a lot at stake here. There's a lot mm. at stake here. Mm. This sounds like, you know, the boy putting the hole in the dam, right? To what is that story where it's like uh,
1: putting his finger in the hole finger in the to hole keep to, the water you know, the right. dam from it's, busting? Yeah. It's
0: just gonna, you know, the dam is still going to bust. It's just a matter of like maybe it's going to happen tomorrow instead of today. That's what it seems like. Mm. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I, I think that if, if you can make the, you know, if you can just make those plans I mean, look, a lot of their problem isn't the 300 billion in debt. It's the, you know, it's the pandemic, right? It's the shortage of supplies and workers and, restrictions Mm -hmm. that especially in china that they've imposed i mean i don't know if either of you heard like they shut down disneyland shanghai because a person tested positive the day before
2: oh yeah was that the one where they locked everyone inside for the whole day yeah
1: yes and then they did the fireworks show at the end well like you see the video of like these people in bio hazmat suits doing the tests of like 30 some thousand people and they're running the firework show in the background and it's just like the firework show was to calm people <laughs> to help like keep kids and people calm and I'm like wow this is like some dystopian kind of like movie thing going yeah. on here so I don't know if it's better or worse to, to to have it but uh but yeah then everybody tested negative and everybody you know was able to leave but you know it's kind of, at that point it's kind of like for show because somebody was there yet the day before like it doesn't mm-hmm. quite work that way so But anyway, that aside, I am of the belief that if he can make it right, I think he he should. And I think that there is pressure from the, you know, Chinese government just like, yo, like you can't just parachute out of this. And and maybe and truth be told, he'll probably still get away with being worth a lot of money. I think he went from if I remember correctly, I think he was worth like forty five billion and now he's worth like eleven. Uh, Which I laugh, but like, and that's still a tremendous amount of money, money, right? Mm. But you know, he he is trying to make it right. They are selling off different assets of the company to save the ship, right? Cutting the arm off to save the body, Mm -hmm. kind of thing, or the hand to save the arm thing. So you know, it's definitely hopefully it's not it's not chasing bad money, right? Like like at the poker table or something like that. In this, but this is where I was
2: saying before to know those numbers uh, because I know I. Was just thinking as Jen was talking. So one of my first businesses, we had a dance store. We signed a contract or we signed a lease, and it was not a good property. It, a lot. I won't get into the story, but our numbers didn't do what we needed to. We were we had to pay our lease payments, and we looked into the future and we went, "Wow, in three months' time, we've run out of runway." And it was three months, so we're like, "Okay, well, what do we do?" We only had one, two options: either close and break lease. And we were going to have costs that we had to keep paying, but we could go back to a job and do it, or we could sell our home. So what we did was sit down and look at the numbers and where they were tracking and what we were projecting and what we'd already done. So we didn't just decide make the decision on what do we feel like doing. We looked at the data into the future. It's still a risk. We still don't know what those numbers are going to be in the future. But we looked and went, no, we think we can pull out of this. And we did. We mm-hmm. sold the home. And we did pull out of it, and it's all a happy story. And we made a multi million dollar business, but it wasn't done just because we guessed. Mm. And I guess that's where I was talking about the numbers. He's going to know those numbers. So I'm going to, you know, if you can, you know, sell off assets to get out of it, if you know your or have an idea that your numbers are tracking in the right direction, then much smarter. But you, know, Absolutely. you need to know your numbers.
1: But in yeah. well, it, but and, and yes, and in this case, we don't, he doesn't know what the pandemic's going to hold for the next three mm-hmm. months, six months. So sure. hopefully yep. he's able, like, they're able to navigate a long enough time period out where, like, we're talking like six months to a year out where it's like, okay, I might be totally broke by the end of this, but the company will still get to keep moving and we will eventually start to build back, you know, we will start to hit that peak problem. And come back down off of that peak problem time and move forward. So, you know, again, that's a gamble given the fact that we don't know what the future holds for this particular situation. But yeah, so I – speaking of situations, we have a not, not just my birthday anniversary of one year of doing reaction videos here on YouTube. But McDonald's hit their 50th birthday of the McMuffin. So they turned the – birthday of the McMuffin into a promotion to market their app. How awesome is that, right? So uh, offering the original McMuffin price at 63 cents, if you ordered, it was today from like 6.30 in the morning to 10 a.m. through the app, you could get a McMuffin for 63 cents.
2: Can I just do a little public service announcement? This is not in Australia. We do not have 63 cent muffins in Australia.
1: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> McMuffins, McMuffins. McMuffins.
2: We do have do McMuffins, 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 but hang oh, okay. on. Can I just say, yeah, we do have McMuffins. I've never called it a McMuffin. We're Aussies. We shorten everything. We don't oh. even call it McDonald's. We call it Mac's. <laughs> Mac's? Is, is, is it a Mac yeah.
0: muffin? What is, what is it? What, is the, what do you call it? <laughs> we just call
2: McDonald's Mac's because McDonald's is too long. There's like too many syllables there. We're too lazy for that many syllables. <laughs> yeah, I like your efficiency in language.
0: Yeah, that's fun. <laughs> I mean, you know, I think there's like some nostalgia there tied in with their birthday. You know, 50 years ago, just to imagine that 50 years ago, just 63 cents for a McMuffin. And I don't know, I don't go to McDonald's, so I don't know how much they are now, but I imagine they're at least three bucks, maybe two ninety five. I don't know.
1: I think I read that the price was coming back down. That they were bringing the price back down.
2: Okay, I think that's really cute that they've done it's that. Cute. I really like it.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I thought the promotion, the marketing of, like, let's get people to get on the app. Here's a here's mm-hmm. a really good reason. And they, you know, they could have just did like, hey, it's the 50th anniversary, like for one hour. We're going to offer a sixty-three cent McMuffin. You get in line. If you get an hour, you get it. If you don't, you don't. Right? But, but no, they they offered it through uh, pretty much the whole bra- I mean, they offer breakfast. I don't, do they have breakfast all day down there, Sam?
2: Um. Oh my goodness. That was a
1: big thing a few I know years ago. They
2: did, but I don't know if they still do. I, yeah, don't, I don't know if they do either. I don't, more, I don't. I don't generally go really there. Sure. Yeah, I'm going to hedge my bets and say they don't, but I could be wrong. <laughs>
1: So I no I, I just think it, you know I think it's a op, a great lesson in like how do we take something and turn it into a, a bigger promotion than it already is right and yeah. to get people tied into the app more than they might already be and enable more business that way yeah, which I think is it's great. yeah I do too and and again I I didn't go to McDonald's to get the 63 cent McMuffin and probably won't go <laughs> be going to McDonald's anytime soon but <laughs> Just thought it was a really cool idea.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, Joe, I have a question for you. So, let's. Yeah. Uh, today's your one-year anniversary, right? Uh, we've yes. we've covered that, and I think that is enough of a milestone to celebrate. But if you look ahead and maybe let's say twenty-five years, what are you going to do to celebrate your YouTube channel, your business? How are you going to do something creative? <laughs> Oh, well, Jen, that's an awesome 25 question.
1: 25 years. Okay, well, I am almost 8 years into this or 7 years, 8 years, 8 years into this journey as a whole. And oh, yeah, uh, Lorraine says macas don't do all-day breakfast anymore. <laughs> yeah, probably oh, okay. because of, you know, with the with the pandemic, they probably stopped, which I don't I don't blame them. We we talked about that last week, right? <laughs> Not offering yeah. everything all day. So uh, yeah, I mean, my I think well, I mentioned this on our first episode back here in season two about going on a on a world stadium tour. I think you know I absolutely where I went ahead, and I'll tell you I don't think since I talked to either of you last, I received an email in my in my inbox, really weird email that I was not solicited, so it was kind of spam, but it, it was weird in the sense that it sells, and I was selling it was sending straight to me at like Joe at superjoepower dot com ticketing gates for stadiums like you know how they have like a revolving door like and Uh you can use it has like rfid like scanners and stuff so you could like scan your ticket and walk into the now obviously i would have no reason for that even if i was running stadiums but (laughs) just really weird that i would get an email out of the blue about you know ticket entry gated systems. Well, ah, so it's so
2: weird. You, you, you're famous now, Joe, right? You're YouTube <laughs> yeah, famous. So that's I what happens. You, you know, you have to yeah. deal with the fame. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Not quite yet.
1: Not quite yet. Not quite yet. But I do think you know. I definitely see taking the Super Entrepreneur Conference on a world tour. You know, and who knows? Icon could always be right in the wings as well, right? You go to a t- you go to a city and you do an icon and you do a super entrepreneur conference in the same week. Sounds awesome. exhausting to me, but I <laughs> absolutely <laughs> would Perfect. love it. Tim says the super ticket taker. Yes, that, that'll be me. I'll take all the tickets. I'll yeah. do all the things. No, I, I don't know. I don't know what twenty twenty five 25 years later would look like. I, my hope is that aside from doing the, you know, going on tour and stuff like that, I want to do more of. So I did the top of Super Joe Pardo, where I went to a business and we worked on the business that day and made a whole video out of it. I want to do more of that. I want to go, you know, in person and, and well, hopefully, you know, as the pandemic kind of su- is subsiding here, sort of, <laughs> not really, like sort of, but not really. You know, I think that that is something that I can definitely get into doing more of and, and going and having that uh, that awesome experience. With these business owners and working with them one on one, so yeah, I mean that's I don't know I don't know what else there is like world tour and working you know working on a higher level of one on one business owners. All
0: right. Well, I didn't
1: hear I any it. sort of breakfast sandwich involved. So <laughs> <laughs> well, you wouldn't. I, I mean, I don't. I don't I normally eat breakfast sandwiches. I know.
0: Well, that's okay. That's
1: oh, okay. you're disappointed. You 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 wanted to hear about breakfast sandwiches. Yeah, I thought
0: I thought we might all get. A
1: breakfast sandwich. I'll tell you what, when you come on tour with me, there will be breakfast sandwiches on the bus.
2: <laughs> all right? uh, I was going to say hotel. like when you come to Australia, like, exactly. We'll, we'll make sure that we do the McMuffins on the way to the conference. <laughs> oh God, go. no!
1: We don't need to do that. We'll end up in the bathroom before it starts. <laughs>
2: How Mecca's is better than U.S. Maccas. Just saying.
1: <laughs> we have a question from we David do. Barnes. Shout out to David for uh, showing up. It's good to see you in the comments. Hey, uh, Gem, why don't you read the question?
0: Yeah, David asks, how can I do a presentation to a large government organization who has a team of people in the hundreds? I am currently doing a better job with one person to make them not feel threatened.
1: So, to give a little more background on that, uh he said, "We have an app, small travel journal, events magazine, and social website. It is miles ahead of the official tourism body. There was a comment there I'm not sure if the that the comment got broken off or something like that in restream, but could somebody help me in how I should approach the soon to have meeting so to relax them, and that I have?" that I am working with them, not against them.
0: Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah. And he says, congrats
1: on one year. Thank you, David. I I greatly, I appreciate it. I appreciate you being a part of the super community as well. Yeah. So who wants to take the first stab at that?
2: Well, okay. I'm going to bow out of this one because I think that it's very different in Australia and America, how this works. Because in Australia, this wouldn't happen this way because, yeah, I'm going to bow out and leave you two to this one.
1: Well, let's let's just take it from a presentation level, right? You have a presentation to give. And I, well, so like for me, me personally, anytime I've given a talk, I actually, if I had to prepare slides... I'm nervous before that because I can't change my slide on the fly. Though I was talking to somebody. uh, Oh, there'll be. I'm doing an interview that'll come be out next Wednesday with the guy from Bueller who was on Shark Tank uh, last week weekend, and he was talking about creating a um like choose your own adventure with with a slideshow so that you could actively like hey if these jokes aren't hitting if this thi- you know if this oh,
0: wow. yeah. delivery
1: isn't hitting that's you can cool. like choose your own adventure to like okay. the next thing and we were talking about that in the interview but you know so i i mean i think i mean i'm usually the one that that's nervous because of things like that but making so i feel like i i need a little more background to to quite understand The wholeness of it. But when it comes to making other people relax, I mean, comedy to me is generally the best, you know, the best medicine, right? And the best path to, to making it work. And if you can make that comedy stick within your, you know, relate to everything that you're doing, obviously you're not doing a comedy show, but making it light, making people feel like you're human up there and not just like a robot or and I think one thing I would like to point out is I guess he's bringing on something that's like a change to an organization. I can speak to that part of it. When I was bringing the – the oh, what's it called? the The inventory algorithm part of truck service parts. It was not a very welcome change by a lot of people because they were being told, like, "Hey, you don't you don't need to hold on to ten of these parts that make you feel nice and warm and fuzzy and everything." And, and even though you think that you had, you know, the guy that buys them all the time is coming in every every week, and he's actually coming in like has he hasn't been there in over a year. You know, is it's like cool, but you know, I would say. Look for the middle ground. Look for things that you can agree on, you know, and get, to get people on, you know, if it's like, hey, if we can agree on this, then maybe we can, like, find a way to get to agree that this is a better way or that this is a good change for for you. Like, it's always about, like, what's in it for you, right? Not what's in it for me or what's in it for people that aren't you. Because at the end of the day, those people that you're talking to, they're the ones that have to live and die with that change, or they're going to like leave. But in the case of a government organization, probably not leaving because like they might have a pension or something and reasons to stay. So I would try to find the best middle ground possible and work from that middle ground of like, how do I, you know, what win-wins can we create that is going to make Maybe not everybody happy, but at least get everybody to say, "Okay, I'm at least open to what what's being what's being said here, because when we make up our mind about something and we've seen it in a lot in the last five years of of politics, it's uh, you know, it doesn't matter whether it's right or wrong or we've been disproven or proven. We're going to like live and die by what we feel.
0: I agree with Joe that change is very hard for people. Even when they say they want change, they will be resistant to it. But in this case, if I understand correctly, you're, you're presenting to an established organization with a history, uh, the tourism board, and then you're coming in with this new flashy thing that you think is going to, to help the tourism board. So I think one, you have to go in with a great deal of reverence and respect for their institution that is has that history Mm. um and I think um you build on that respect by expressing your passion for tourism because I'm sure that's where the genesis of this app came from so there's your commonality and then from there I would express the triple win so how are they winning by your app how is the tourism board winning and then of course you know you've got to win too that's only fair and I would also make sure, uh, since we're talking tech, I, I find that people that develop apps um, often start with like the minutiae of the app and start talking tech speak because they want to impress upon who they're selling to their knowledge. When really that, that's nobody cares; they just care about what it does. Um, so that's what I would do. And and I agree with Joe. If you can do humor authentically and comfortably, like don't tell cheesy jokes, but if that's just something that comes naturally to you, I mean, humor is a great icebreaker. Everybody likes to laugh, but but yeah, that's that's the advice I've got. I, I can see why you're worried about them being nervous, but I'm surprised you're not nervous. I mean, I would be very nervous going in front of a, an institution like that. So so good for you for being mm. uh, gutsy and and getting that opportunity. That's a great opportunity. Absolutely.
2: Have you guys seen the documentary? It's on Disney Plus here in Australia, called "Own the Room," which is the documentary that follows the Global Student Entrepreneur Awards. Have you guys seen that documentary? Oh. I highly, I have, highly, it. I
1: have it, I I have it but I haven't recommend
2: it. it. And just as you were taught, both of you were talking, I thought it actually could be helpful because you, as you're watching these students, you know, win their, their national awards and go to the global awards. And I can't remember where it was held, like Malaysia, I think. And you're actually seeing them put their pitch decks together and how they're presenting their apps. It could be super helpful to see the documentary just to get that behind the scenes story and understand how story is so relevant. Yeah. And not the exact like you said, Jennifer. Not the little tiny bits of the app. It's actually the story the that's going to sell it. Yeah. So it could be super helpful to have a look at that documentary. I loved it. I absolutely loved it. Oh, it, it sounded uh, like something I, I would love.
1: I just marked <laughs> it. I'm gonna. I'm definitely going to watch it. I was. Uh, I was thinking about getting rid of the elliptical, but I, I usually watch documentaries while I do the elliptical, and you just reignited my reason to, to potentially keep that, <laughs> keep that. Oh, so that's,
2: of... a, that's a win-win then. That's a that's definitely yes. win-win win. <laughs> yes.
1: I mean, I prefer to run outside because then I'm not looking at a screen. Cause that's like, I go from looking at a screen there to looking at a screen uh-huh. here, to looking at a screen, uh-huh. here, to a screen here, to a screen here, to my black. you know, it's just, but yeah, I need to watch that documentary. That's awesome. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. It's really good.
1: <laughs> oh man. So, uh, I guess real, real quick. One thing that, uh, oh, David said, perfect, brilliant, Super Joe and Jennifer and Samantha, win, win, win situation. So middle group. uh, So we both win and both sides. Thanks, guys. I don't get nervous. Made loads of notes as you spoke. Thanks. What uh, was the name of the documentary again? Uh, The name of the documentary is
2: called Own the Room. Own the Room.
1: Done by National oh, Geographic, room. which is kind of was
2: so good. odd oh, so that National
1: Geographic would be the one to put that one out. I think because <laughs> they
2: were following students from all around the world. They, there was a student there from Nepal. There was someone there from somewhere in Africa. There was a student from uh, – she was in the U.S., but her hometown was in – Oh, it wasn't Puerto Rico, but I can't think of the name of the country. So they were actually following like all around the world. So I think that's probably why National Geographic did it. Uh, so
0: interesting. Thanks for the great
2: yeah. question,
0: David. It's our, yes. our
2: honor to
1: yeah. answer it. Absolutely. And best of luck
2: too. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Please let us let, let us know uh, how how you make out. Uh, I'm I'm really curious, David. Uh, he's always down in the in the comments uh, on on my channel. So. Speaking of comments down in my channel, I real quick I wanted to bring up the neg- we talked at the beginning about negative feedback, negative comments, and I mean I've spoke a lot about this. I did a video that's like an hour and a half with with uh, our friend Larry Roberts, all about you know all these negative comments that I've received over the last year. And to me, I think it's really interesting. I'm starting to see the shift in like positive comments come through now at a higher rate than they were before and comments that are just not negative comments but just comments on you know the product or or the video or whatever versus like super negative like super like degrading comments that i get Mm. that i know both of you probably see them i I post them to facebook usually to friends only because i don't want everyone in the world to be able to see them but it's so interesting to me and i think the fascinating thing is is that I feel terrible for the people who are receiving comments like this, who aren't mm. me. Like, mm-hmm. and and I don't deal with it the best either, right? Like, I tell people I I appreciate you uh, watching and commenting, and then I actually go and hide their, their, to their comments from the channel, so they can comment all they want from there on out, and I don't have to deal with it. No one has to see that their abusive comments, but. I didn't always feel that way. And the, I will say that even knowing that it still kind of wore on me for a while. And now that, now that the balance of power is starting to be like one or two or three negative, like really like just degrading comments a week versus like, like for, you know, five, 10, 15 positive comments in a week. It, you, I mean, it just, it's starting to shift the balance and I'm starting to feel like. Like I'm hitting that that tipping point of like, ah, eh, it doesn't you know, it it really doesn't matter what they say. Like I used to say that before, but I didn't really believe it. Like it was hard mm-hmm. to believe when, mm-hmm. when you get like bing, 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 it's personal, bing. Like, right? well, and that's the it thing, right? So yeah. I, I would love to get your takes on on, you know, negative comments. Like, have you guys ever gotten a negative comment feedback on your on your podcasts or reviews? And how you handled it? I actually
2: haven't had had a negative review on my podcast. I'm going to say yet because, of course, it's going to happen. I've got friends that have and they are really personal. People that need leave negative reviews don't seem to leave constructive criticism, do they? It's um, very personal all the time and it's really awful. And it can, I know a friend of mine, it just sent her into a tailspin of tears for like 48 hours and it really eats away at your confidence. Thankfully, I haven't, but boy, have I had some negative stuff on my on my social media posts. And I have learned, because I'm a very hot, fiery person, I have learned to not answer for at least a couple mm. of hours till I let it digest because I don't want to turn it into an argument. But what? Uh, your your comments are a little bit different to the ones that I've received, so, uh, Joe, where yours are very, you know, I'm not even going to say. They're very personal. Mine have been more like wrong kind of comments. So, and I think that what's interesting about this is where has the art of the debate gone? Where has the, you're allowed to have an opinion and I'm allowed to have an opinion and neither of us need to be right like where has the art of that gone the art of opening up conversations and learning I feel like so like it's just disappeared
0: and then there's just plain mean people out there hiding mm-hmm. behind you know their their made up avatars uh, you know they're anonymous which gives them I don't know audacity uh, to make troll like comments. I think there's like different levels of negativity, right? Mm-hmm. There's like mm-hmm. just the trolls mm-hmm. that can be discounted. Then there are people that might be I don't know what's above a troll uh, that might have some legitimate negativity, like maybe they there is something constructive. Like a rude, like in their a rude
1: yeah, rude critique. But they're I would say. yeah, yeah, but they're yeah, rude. They're still rude, it. but they're they're, rude. it's critiquing, and there there's might be critique. like a good hint
0: there. Yeah. And then there's people that just don't agree with you. And like you said, Sam, they can't just disagree. They have to disagree with an insult or with some sort of a degradation involved in that disagreement where they don't see any gray area. It's black or white. You're wrong. I'm right. I think we have somehow, even though we have more communication channels than ever, we are getting worse at communicating well, you know, communicating with respect and dignity, for our fellow humans. So I, I've seen some of those comments, Joe, and I feel for you. I mm. just say personally, I have a pretty thick skin and like you, Sam, although I don't have a YouTube channel and I never not really got a lot of negativity on my, you know, long, long ago podcast. I have had social media comments that have been negative and I don't feel a need to reply back at all. I have I've, have, mm. it does not affect me. Like I don't, I barely know you, your opinion means, very little to me I never feel like I have to reply back because that's that's my very valuable time and I'm not going to waste mm. it on on somebody whose opinion means so little to me and I mm. think sometimes we forget that we don't have to reply Joe th- I'm not talking about you because I think your replies to your negative comments are brilliant and I think oh, yes you. so way,
2: <laughs> do I <laughs> I think the way
0: you have replied has actually resulted in less negativity is my guess because mm-hmm. you've replied mm-hmm. so positively And you're not getting under the skin of these trolls, which is really their reward is when they get under Mm -hmm, your skin. mm -hmm. You're not rewarding them. You're not feeding the trolls. So they're starving and dying.
2: Mm. I I really think
0: that's a big part of it.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: I would agree. I mean, even before I started hiding the comments, the only reason I started hiding the comments was because I wanted to cultivate the culture in the comments so that people that saw those, like, originally it was like, oh, cool. People see that I said, I appreciate you watching and commenting. And mm-hmm. I'll include their name if they actually have a real name versus like yeah. just some random, you know, thing. And and then I ended up, you know, saying thinking like, well, while I did get likes on those I appreciate you comments, I didn't want people to see those negative comments and think like, ooh, maybe I shouldn't, maybe maybe this comment section isn't for me. I don't want to get attacked for having mm-hmm. a having an opinion mm-hmm. or something. So I'm like, you know what? I'll still say I appreciate you. And literally I have it as a shortcut key. So it's I A Y. And then it just, it, you know, it fills in the text on my phone. And then I just hide the user from the channel. So they get shadow banned effectively. And I don't like, I don't like censorship, which is why I kind of have like a love hate relationship with doing so. But at the same time, like I don't want to remove the comment because then that kind of pushes the, the narrative in a different direction an even worse direction i think because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. then they'll be like oh well i'm gonna start you know spamming or i'm mad because they believe my kind like okay you had something negative to say i hope you have a better day here's my three letter answer that you know shortcuts into a, a full sentence and i've actually have turned people around with that i was gonna say i've seen that, that, that. Comment.
0: i've seen you do that yeah you turn people yeah, around. yeah.
1: So, and with that said, like, I've actually gone through and, and removed people from the shadow ban list just to see if they're still commenting on those videos. But, you know, I, I haven't had too many of the, like, that come back and, and continuously try to, you know, beat up me or or the channel or anything to that effect. But, so, I wanted to come back to something that you said about letting it stew for an hour or two uh, or a couple of hours. And... I'll tell you, it's something that I've had to learn to do because even things that aren't negative but I don't necessarily agree with them, I have to give it more thought. Especially when people mm. – so people will leave comments and they'll be talking about a very specific point of the video. Now, it was like a 20-minute video but they didn't say where I said that and I'm like, oh, God. Okay, so I'm going to go back through the video to figure it out and I've, I've kind of gotten away from that. Now, one of – you know, so one of the things, and, and giving that that space to breathe has enabled me to reread those comments and sometimes reinterpret those comments
2: because,
1: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like, I sometimes I want to like take a little offense to them, but then I reread them like, oh, like an hour later, like, oh, okay, it wasn't actually talking about me, or it wasn't actually talking about something as negative as I thought it was. And sometimes they'll edit their comment, and then it'll make a little more sense because there seems to be a lot mm-hmm. of. And I do it too, like missing words and comments and, mm-hmm. and typos and things. But uh, giving that space, I think, is important. So that's a great point. And Jen, to your point of the thick skin, like I, you know, while I have always been a heart on the sleeve kind of person, literally going back to being a kid, I have learned to to not let those things get to me so much. So right, and I'll say that the you know the one offs here and there. Is not bothering me as much as say it was when it was like oh I'm getting one two three four five comments in a row that are all negative and like oh no it's like everything but then even when I would get those comments the subscriber count was still going up on the channel so it's like yeah well you know for every one person that's saying something negative then you get the po- you get a super positive comment but it's on a different video so nobody nobody that's yeah. on that video is going to see that comment until they get right. to that video mm-hmm. like the, it's, yeah. it's things like that.
0: There's something to be said for the vocal minority, right? Like a lot of people are out there loving your videos, enjoying them, watching them all the time, but they'll never comment. That's the majority. It's really the minority that makes the comment, you know, make those comments.
2: Um, 100%. Yeah. Uh, 100%. Can I just say though, Joe, what I've taken from watching you over the year and watching those comments, and I do see a lot of those comments, I actually think that it is, taken your personal brand to a whole new level there is no one that follows you would that would not know after watching all of those comments in the way that you respond if there's anyone that doesn't think you're a good guy now like i would be very surprised so the way that you've done it has been super classy and it is really really take like your personal brand is very aligned with who you really are authentically genuinely are so try to
1: be um, I, think, I try to be i think Is that's <laughs> i think
2: that's a very big takeaway from this yeah that absolutely. you know if you want your brand to be you know like the i Wendy's. can't think of, of uh, someone that's an argumentative kind of person then mm. they could easily like be be answering in a different way and their brand will reflect that Your mm-hmm. the way that you've answered i appreciate you you know we know that you're a caring person you care for people and that has really given your personal brand such a a big. I'm not going to say lift, but it's really cemented what yeah. you know who you are. So that's my takeaway from watching it over the year. I agree. Oh, I think it's it's strengthened it, if nothing, you know, mm. else it really yeah. strengthened it.
0: And you know what? What did Michelle Obama say? You know, you go low, we go high. Like you did not let those those mm. people drag mm-hmm. you down into negativities. That's what I mean. It's like it strengthened your brand, like. If you were going to go negative, if you were going to go less than super, you would have gotten in the mud and rolled around with the pigs. But you didn't. You stayed there, you stayed super. You stayed positive despite all that negativity. And it takes a lot of strength of character to do that to not be pulled down into that that pit of negativity. So I applaud you for how you've handled yourself. And I think it was Mm -hmm. it it was um, visible. And I think that was something that it was very good that that was visible, that, that exchange. Mm. And I'm glad that Absolutely. you control over it too, though. Like you have these, this ability to control those comments and, the, and that, you know, your comment feed within YouTube. And I think you did a really good job of figuring out your boundaries there and how you wanted to project your brand and your content within those boundaries. So I think that's another level of. Maturity and, and business prowess that you <laughs> mm. that
2: you showed us absolutely.
1: Oh, I thank you uh, for both. I I do really appreciate. It. I mean, look. With that said, I still have the realist uh, of like go buy the show if you don't want to <laughs> you, know, you don't want to see me, but uh, you know and, and things of that nature. But so I do appreciate people watching. It does in turn in some ways help the channel, and I you know I, I want people to have a better day, right? Like it just. It doesn't always sit right with me that those people feel like that uh, for themselves. You know, I I want them to have that experience, even if you know they should probably just go buy the show if they really want to see it without me. Like that's not <laughs> the point of the. That's not the point. I get you know. So I you know, but that's what I always say. Like I'm a positive realist, and the realism, you know, the the cynic and the and the realist in me is like go buy the show, right? Like stop being cheap. Stop. Stop trying to tell me how I I'm a broke person living in my mom's basement or something. when my mom doesn't even have a basement. Like, come on now. <laughs> like, you didn't you didn't even fact check. Come with the facts. Like, let's get the facts yeah. straight first, right? Yeah. So yeah, you know, so it's just important, I think. But yeah, being uh knowing that brand and I like I mentioned Wendy's right. Wendy's is always snarky on mm-hmm. on uh, on Twitter, right? And and having somebody. That could stay on brand like that is important, and in, in in the case of a personal brand, it's really important to make sure that it that it is genuine, you know, and and that it because it, otherwise it's like it's it'd be really hard to like fake this kind of stuff, and you see it with like Ellen, like <laughs> okay, coming out that like Ellen's not the nice you know the nice lady mm, that you thought she was mm-hmm. like oh wow well I mean with that said there is a high demand on those types of people, and I could totally see why. They do certain types of uh, narcotics to to keep it going, mm. but at the end of the day, it's important that if you come up with a plan and stick to that plan, and even you know adjust and make micro changes and stuff that that's that's where things are really going to work out for you and i and i'm seeing the the fruits at labor yesterday i had a talk with somebody who because of my my shark tank one of the videos the newer videos they were really impressed they reached out we had a meeting and they're like you know looking for a partner for their business so i'm like well let's have a conversation and i have a couple other people that are looking for the same thing now so like for for comments like the one i just received earlier today that like you know, save your, uh, save your comment or save your effort, bud quote, save your effort. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. And it is working with the people. Cause it's, you know, I, I also want to say when I get those negative comments, my first thought is congratulations. woo! You found a piece of content that wasn't meant for you. <laughs> and you felt so <laughs> compelled to come to make a comment about it and take more time out of your life around it. Congratulations. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you want me mm-hmm. to say? This is the internet. It's the black hole of time sink. And you found something that wasn't meant for you. Anyway,
2: yeah.
1: speaking of meant for you, this Business Geeks podcast is meant for you if you have a business, if you're an entrepreneur, if you want to get better Sam and Jen, I absolutely appreciate getting to spend every week with you. Unfortunately, we will be off next week. We will not be here at our normal time, 4 p.m. Eastern time, 8 a.m. Australian Eastern Daylight Time. That's a mouthful. (laughs) But we will be back the following week. I don't know what the date is. There's always always a catch, right? following week, we will be back. The 8th, or no, the 9th the 9th at 4 p.m. eastern or no i'm sorry not the 9th the 2nd no 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 no
2: december no the 2nd. Second. Yes, say, the december 2nd
1: yes december 2nd week's vacation yes no 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 not two weeks vacation uh december 2nd 4 p.m. eastern standard time and friday 8 a.m. Uh, the uh, friday the 3rd december 3rd australian eastern standard time So, we will be back then. Uh, I hope everybody has an amazing Thanksgiving, right? I hope both of us. Sam, you don't have Thanksgiving down there, do you?
2: No, but still wishing. No, we do not. No, but still wishing you all have Thanksgiving. I should still celebrate. Go
1: get yourself some turkey. and Do you have turkey (laughs) in I'll tell you? Is that a thing?
2: Yes, Joe, we do have
1: turkey (laughs)
2: All right. Well, I don't know. (laughs) know, (laughs) Fair enough, fair enough.
1: (laughs) You know, turkey was supposed to be the national bird uh, before the bald eagle so i i mean that's just saying that maybe maybe that was a a thing that maybe you don't have it down there i don't know anyway yeah. i don't know why any of that makes any sense but what it does make sense is that we will be back next week or not next week in two weeks so take care and we will see you all then go to businessgeekspodcast.com go check out uh what's the website your concierge your podcast com. your
2: podcast com. You're awesome. Yes, go.
1: They are awesome. Leon, we love you. Take care, everybody. Happy Thanksgiving.